I hope you had a great uh, weekend. I hope you've had a great month so far. It is the month of independence and um, I've been very ill. Uh, I'm not 100 yet, but I came to work this morning. I've missed you and and I I hope you missed me too. Uh, Interestingly, it was a time for many things for me. Um, I asked myself, I think it was on the third day, or the second day, I said, what if I don't come out of this? What if I die? I know, you're shouting, God forbid, but, you know, uh, we want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Oh, you know, don't, don't, don't even think those kinds of thoughts, you know. Uh, 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 you, you, you know, it to, it to look like you died young, but Jesus died at 33. I'm over 33. <laughs> Oh my, it is a world where everyone wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And really, um, whether you like it or not, if a person's assignment is done here on earth, then that's it. There's, there's no praying, there's no wishing, there's no hoping. It is what it is. If, if you have a maid who comes into your house to work every day, they have a closing time, right? Just as they have a resumption time. And when their work is done, you don't tell them, oh, sit in the living room. Let me, what, what movie would you like to see? Let me even serve you. You know, you've, you've worked well to, let me serve you. What would you like to be served? Um, what, what plate would you like to be served with? You won't do that. You tell them, thank you for coming to work. Have a good day. Greet your family. And, you know, you let them go. So that's the way it is. But God said to me, it's not time. There's still a lot you need to do, my girl. My beloved, my my awesome and all. There's there's still a lot of work to be done. So just um, you know, move away from that thought right now. And the good thing was that there was no fear. You know how you know we're reading books and online where they say uh, if if it was your last, um, if you found that you've got a few days to live, what would you do? Um, those kinds of questions. And I was I was struggling to find out what I would do. You know. What would I do? Would I have more events, you know, to reach out to more people? Would I? I mean, I was desperately searching for things to do. And then I found that the only thing I really would love to do is travel. And I was asking myself, you know, how many countries can you cover? I'm not even joking. I was asking myself... How many countries can you cover? Which countries you'd like to visit first? Yeah. So at the end of the day, I will pack my bags and I will hit the road. I will travel. This travel, I will travel. This world, this world that God has made, <laughs> I will travel. My, I've got to see the world, people. I will travel. Yeah, the internet gives you that you know, initial baby step. You see what the countries are like. You read about them, their government, their people. Well, you've got to set your foot on that country, man. You've got to set your foot there. You've got to own it. Eh, um, you know, I was reading something on, on Facebook. I'm sure it was a week or so ago. And I laughed about it because the person was saying, what is wrong with having dual citizenship? I'm not even looking for that right now. Interesting. At my age, I'm not sure I, that would do me much good. The only thing that would do me much good right now is making a lot of money and then having a lot of impact and influence because when you have the numbers, these things matter as well. A classic example was when Linda Ikeju was traveling for the first time ever in her life. She, had, she, she, was, she was already 
hundreds of millions of Naira rich, right? But she had never traveled. So she goes to the U.S. Embassy and they're having that interview. This is according to what she wrote, though. And they asked her, why should we, why, just why? Why should we give you a U.S. visa? And she said, because I run the biggest blog in Africa. Hmm? And they just typed the computer and pop. Ah, so they looked at it. This one has money. America loves you. Come on, come on, come on, girl. We've been waiting for you. Come on, spend that money here. So the numbers do matter. The number of people you influence does matter. And it should translate to money. (laughs) Oh, my. The questions haven't changed. The questions that life was asking you the last time I was here... They haven't changed. Why are you poor? Why are you getting the results that you're getting? Why are you not great at what you do? Why are you not the best at what you do? So if we're going to come to teaching, for example, is World Teachers Day, happy World Teachers Day to all the amazing teachers out there. Um, but if we were to pick a teacher in your city, would your name be mentioned? Top five, top ten or a carpenter, or a driver, or a a shoemaker, or an administrator, or a salesperson, something, anything you do. If we were going to, you know, run a poll or something, would you be top 10? How about top five? What about top three? Would you be number one? So independence came on the first. The president gave a speech. There was, there was literally a meltdown. People were upset, you know. And I was having this conversation yesterday with my colleague. And, you know, this is the truth. When I was a baby, Nigeria was good, right? There were a lot of people that said Nigeria was bad. I mean, whatever you say, so be it. Well, nobody's arguing with you. Then, 10 years later, things got worse. I'm not even joking. 20 years later, it became a blur. And this is a critical question I want you to ask yourself. In the 60s, in the 70s, okay, let me leave the 60s and the 70s. Let me come to the 80s. Even in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, Did we have people who couldn't eat a proper meal? Yes, we did. Did we have people who couldn't pay their bills? Yes, we did. Did we have people who are living way, way above their means? Yes, we did. Did we have people who thought that, you know, it was bad? Yes, we did. Are things worse now? I mean, if you look at the indices, you know, the GDP, um, your purchasing power, you know, and all the things that should make life look okay, uh, they're going on a downward spiral. But the question becomes, is it what it is? Is is this the defining factor or it is the person in the mix? There are things that are external and there are things that are internal. That's why you see a person in prison... But their minds, they protect their minds. When I say prison, I don't mean 
in the government's quarters, you know, where they put them and chain them and lock them up. Not that one. Everyone has a prison that they carry around mentally, right? So you see people in prison. Prison for me could be, I don't want to be ill, right? Okay, so I was in prison. I was ill. So this is what happened. They couldn't attack my spirit. They thought to attack my body, right? So my spirit is in my body, but my spirit is God. And my spirit says, body, you cannot respond to whatever attack it is. You need to heal. You need to heal, come alive. You need to be alive. There's work to be done. So my spirit controls the body. I'm here now because I controlled my body. Do you get it? So you find the person in a prison, in a place where they don't want to be, but then they condition their minds so that they can walk through that place. Do you understand? They condition their mind so that they can be successful in that space. Nigeria, 10 years ago, hellhole, 20 years ago, maybe not a hellhole, but there are people at that time who built houses. In fact, I remember when this current president just came into office and there was a recession and people were lamenting. Aha, uh-huh. you remember now, right? In that same year, people bought their first cars. They'd never bought cars in their lives. They bought their first cars. In that same year, some people got married. I'm saying it married not as an achievement, but the cost that goes into marrying in this part of the world is just crazy. So people were able to get that money to get the ceremonies done. Right? People built their first houses. People traveled abroad for the first time in their lives. Not the travel, it's now the cost. I'm talking about the cost, right? Uh, People's children got into universities for the first time. Some got into private universities during a recession. So we need to understand the game. It is not who is in government. You know, this morning I finally understood when Christians say, not the ones that just mouth it, the ones that live it, that say, my economy is not of this world. Oh, shut up. Uh, How can you say that? Things are going bad. You're saying the economy is not of this world. It's mental and spiritual. If you understand, you understand it. That's why, I mean, look at, let me not talk about my friend this morning, but you know where I'm going to. Expanding his businesses, even in a recession, even in the hell hole, even in the shit hole, even in whatever hole, because his mind is not tied to a location. And because he knows that, he mentally upgraded to a point where his economy is not also tied to a location. The dollar is maybe 450 or 460. I'm not sure now. I haven't looked at it in a few days. And there are people who are not happy with it, but there are people who are happy with it because they are earning more. They're not foreigners. They're Nigerians. They earn... (laughs) Oh my, they have products online. So they're earning more. During the pandemic, people made mad money. I'm not even joking. In the same pandemic, people were crying, 
things are the worst. I've never had it like this. The same country, the same prevailing circumstances, but people were making a kill. They were not killing people. They were not breaking the law. They were making a lot of money. Look at the Zoom guy, for example. Hmm? Yeah, the guy who owns Zoom. Yeah. So for those of you who were struggling in 2016, when there was a recession, were you not struggling in... 1996 or 2006 what what has changed really there might be external prevailing circumstances but you determine the economy you run that's why a person who is wise who doesn't live above his means it doesn't matter who is in government it doesn't matter who is in government if i live less than i spend less than i earn Do you understand? If I spend less than I earn and I manage my resources and I say it doesn't matter what is coming in every month, I will peg it at 50,000 or 80,000. This is my discipline. This is my decision. This is my life. And whatever else comes in, I save. And when it's enough, I can invest. And then the more I invest, the more I see avenues for investments, the more I open myself up. And you see, once you start investing, you start meeting like minds. I'm going to tell you something very very critical. What most of us are doing are not investments. We're gambling. On Saturday, I was so, so, so tired, but at the same time, so, so, so drawn to coming here to share this. To share this. Many of us, we have our money in certain places. We're gambling. We're not investing. The money... Profit will come, yes, but we know we're not investing. The location and the level of ignorance makes it possible for you to put two million somewhere and they tell you that every month they'll give you X percent. Yes, it's, it's not an investment. So when you're learning, don't just ask, where can I put my money? Ask yourself, is this an investment? What makes it an investment? We're not... The way the way it works is you learn, you understand what you're doing. If you don't understand where your money is, you don't understand what they're doing with your money, then you're gambling. That's why in your mind, it's a comsy comsat situation. Let it not crash you. Let it... Because if it were an investment, it would be clear. For example, I bought shares... Um, I think when I was in the university... Oh, I was just getting... I'm not sure now. But there was this IPO thing they did then. Um, two of the new generation banks, you know. And um, um, I I bought some shares. 4,000 units, I believe, at that time, you know. So I was just going to the stock market pages on in the papers to check what it was looking like and everything. That's an investment. You can see it. You can check it. But many of us, I just wanted you to know, that's why you're afraid. That's why, what if they don't pay? What if, that's why. (laughs) Okay. And and I struggled this morning 
uh, with the book that we're going to read this month. Strangely, I didn't find my paperback, so I thought I would find it online. So why don't I find it online? But this is a critical thing you should take away from the conversation this morning before I get into a few pages of the book. Number one, it doesn't matter who is in government at any level. Your local government, your council chairman, your state government. It's important in itself, yes. But for you mentally, because we're already here. See, that's the thing. And many of us would argue that we don't vote. It's an imposition. Whatever it is that you're calculating, fantastic. But this is what it is. It doesn't matter who is there. If you were a terrible staff in 1942 and you do not do what it takes to make you an outstanding staff, in 1994, you will still be a terrible staff. If you're a violent partner in 1982, in 2022, you will still be, in fact, you'll be worse. Not because anybody's aggravating you or making you angry or whatever it is. It's because you haven't done what is required. And, and, and this morning, I'm telling you that there is always what is required in life. If you're not going to do it, your results are not going to change. And you, you might want to argue, you might want to um, caress yourself and deceive yourself. But this is the truth. In life, we can always tell how by your results. So check. Where you're sitting right now listening to me is a result of actions you took. Who is lying beside you as you're listening to me is a result. Who is not lying beside you is a result. Every time you've chosen to do something, you've let something else go. And the thing that you've let go was the less important thing. What occupies your time every day is what you have chosen to allow occupy your time. You're listening this morning because you made that decision. So whatever else you do between when you're done listening to the show and going back to bed, it is what you have chosen to do because you know that it will make your life move forward. So if you're doing stuff and it's not making your life move forward, ask yourself a question, why? Because if you're doing the same things and you're not liking the results you're getting, then you are insane. That's insanity. I'm turning the thing. It's burning. I'm still turning it. It's still burning. Oh, but I'm turning it now and it's still burning. Why don't you stop what you're doing? You could stop turning. You could take the pot off the fire. But you, you refuse to do either. You just keep turning. You keep complaining. But you want it to stop burning. Does it even make sense? Look at your life. You don't like what you're getting. Stop what you are doing. It's not an external factor. It is within. First within then without the book <laughs> I love this book I read it and it was you know it's titled The Leader Who Has No Title The Leader Without a Title The author is Robin Sharma uh, guess is Asian and this is what it reads, the intro. Leadership is about the position, is less about the position you hold than the influence you have. It is about doing world-class work 
playing at your peak and leaving people better than you found them. It's about leading without a title. And this is what it, it, it says. We're all faced with a mission-critical choice. Start to make the lead without a title. Start to make the lead without a title philosophy a deep part of your way of being. Or do nothing and experience zero transformation. Think big. Start small. Begin now. (laughs) Think big. Start small. Begin now. Leadership is no longer about position but passion. It's no longer about image, but impact. This is Leadership 2.0. It's up to you. Mastery or mediocrity. Excellence or insignificance. It's up to you. It says, remember the 90-second rule. So there is a 90-second rule. There are many rules, but look at this one. Act on a good idea or great opportunity within 90 seconds before the voice of fear begins to take over. So there's this point we get to in life where our personal legend is speaking to us. At that point, we feel like Superman. We feel like Wonder Woman. We feel like Batman. We feel like, you know. And then once we don't act, the voice of fear will speak. Are you sure? But you don't know anybody now. You don't know anybody there now. Are you sure? You don't earn in dollars now. Are you sure? You don't have that kind of money in your account. Are you sure? So the questions will come. So he's saying here, remember the 90 second rule. Act on a good idea or great opportunity within 90 seconds before the voice of fear begins to take over. You want to write that down maybe. A formula for success. A vision that moves you plus constant innovation plus daily action. This is where many people have died. Constant innovation. They don't, they're not innovating. I bet if I came here every morning to read something, the same thing every morning, you stop listening. I know my voice is great, but you stop listening. So every day, I try to look for something extra. I try to mix it a little, put some spice in it, some perfume in it. Just make it different. A vision that moves you, plus constant innovation, plus daily action. So if you've got a great vision, you're constantly innovating, but you're not taking action daily, something is wrong as well. Daily action. Daily action. It says, let's not confuse breathing with really living. Some of you are breathing, but you're a dead man walking. Some people are living, really. They're living. They're alive. Leadership begins and ends with three words. Absolute personal responsibility. A-P-R. Absolute personal responsibility. Best way to improve the world is to improve yourself. The only competition worth focusing on is against what you were yesterday. Victims make excuses. Leaders deliver results. Victims make excuses. Leaders deliver results. Every time you refuse to deliver results, you've made excuses. There's no midpoint. There's no, there's no, there's no sitting on the fence. It's either you're delivering results or you're making excuses. So all the things that you could have done in January you did not do. We're now in October. So what happened? You were giving excuses. Oh my, I love this one. It says, there are no ordinary people 
just people choosing to play at ordinary. There are no ordinary people, just people choosing to play at ordinary. At the foundation of mastery lies simplicity. Doing just a few things spectacularly well. How did Tiger Woods start? Hitting the ball. I mean, that's how every golfer starts, hitting the ball. How did Serena Williams start? Hitting the ball. How did Messi start? Kicking the ball. How did great broadcasters start? Opening the mic, talking into the microphone. Simple things. Then we start to do it more. We start to innovate. We start to take action. We're passionate about it. Then we begin to master it. Put some spice in it. Expecting your dreams to come true without doing daily acts to make them happen is like hoping for a big harvest but planting no seeds. Expecting your dreams to come true without doing daily acts to make them happen is like hoping for a big harvest but planting zero seeds. Amazing how far you will get just by staying with something long enough. Too many people's fears are bigger than their face. And I was reading something yesterday and the author said, if you do not have faith in little things, when, when times are terrible and when the things that matter to you are threatened, you will crumble. Face. Too many people's fears are bigger than their face. If Serena Williams didn't stay long enough with tennis, would we know her? Or Tiger Woods since he was a little boy? If he didn't keep playing golf, would we know him? If I didn't even stay on, would I, would I be here? When your devotion to doing great work is larger than your dedication to fortune and fame, oh gosh, this is it for many people, your career will explode into high success. Listen to this. When your devotion to doing great work is larger than your dedication to fortune and fame, your career will explode into high success. So for you, it's about doing great work. Doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter what show it is, doesn't matter what time of day it is. You are committed to every time I open the microphone, I will deliver great work. Every time I sit to write, I will deliver great work. Every time I have some work to do, a client gives me a brief, I will deliver great work. If that's your focus, if that's your devotion, then your career will explode into high success. Ask anyone who succeeded at anything. The devotion to doing great work was larger than dedication to fortune and fame, especially in this industry I'm in right now. We have a lot of young people. All they think about is fortune and fame. You know what would happen? It's a matter of time. I saw a quote on, was it on Thursday? And it read, time is the greatest um, revealer of scam. Something like that. Read. There are people who have stayed the course for many years. Why? They were devoted to doing great work. There were those that were just there for the fortune and fame. What happened? Fizzled out. Great, great, great play to, place to check. Nigeria, um, Nigerian music industry or acting, uh, Nollywood, and you see them there. They were just there for the fortune and fame. What happened? They fizzled out. We can't even find them. But they were there, some of them, to doing great work. Great example, Two-Face Adibia, doing great work. 20 years on, 30 years on, he's still in the game. Ah. Uh-huh. 
So some of you are wondering why you're struggling, you're not succeeding. Where is your devotion? Where is your focus? Is it fortune and fame? You know, I think about my career, and for me, it's never been about fortune and fame. Never been about that. That's why I chose radio. Radio helps you hide. Nobody sees you. Nobody knows you. So I can even wear bathroom slippers and go to the markets, you know, from here to maybe even Abba. Nobody would know me. But the internet has changed the game, right? I know. But when I got into radio, I didn't want anybody to know me. I didn't want anybody to see me. I just wanted to be heard. I wanted to do great work. But change happened and we moved with it. So, yeah, now you can... I've been to certain places. Somebody just comes to me and says, I know we're very right. I'm like, oh my gosh, not again. <laughs> but that's what the game is right now. But it wasn't a journey for fame and fortune. It was a journey to doing great work. And that's all I really want to be remembered for. She did great work. And... Uh, Here's a question leaders without a title ask every day. How can I help you? I'll stop with this one. How can I help you? When I come to work in the morning, I'm thinking, how can I help you? When I prepare to come to work, in fact, I prepare to come to work every day. I know the time I have to work here, that I prepare to come to work mentally every day because everything I see, I want to take the value from it. I want to take the juice from it so I can share with you. How can I help you? If you follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, you see that it's the same narrative. I'm always thinking, how can I help you? Some people, you offer them the help. They don't want that kind of help. So you can't help those ones. <laughs> how can I help you? You come to work in the morning, you look at your boss. Even without seeing the words, you're thinking, how can I help this business? If you're not thinking about helping the business that pays you your bills, that pays your bills, that keeps you out of the streets, that puts food on your table and puts um, clothes on your back, then something is wrong. And it's not your bosses. It's not the organization because you're still there. If you don't want to be there, like Ben Ten will say, I beg. You're the one that did I beg to apply. Undo it. Do I beg not to apply. I beg to resign. And there's nothing wrong with it. Nobody will die anywhere. Nobody would work forever somewhere. Some people actually do, but I don't know if that's still a thing. My father's days, yes, you do 35 years, they'll clap for you, give you a plaque and give you some money to, a little money to be collecting every month till you die. You work for it, I know, but that formula doesn't work anymore in this generation. This generation, they want to save their pension by themselves now. They want to collect their gratuity by themselves now. And it's possible, how? By earning and investing in things that would last, starting with yourself. Okay, so, um, how can I help you? Is the mindset of a person who wants to do great work, who is going to deliver great work. It's a great book. We're going to look at it in the month of October, right? On Rise to Wisdom. The leader... Without a title, I, I can't find my soft copy and uh, my paperback right, and it's fine. I got my PDF right here. A lot of quotes. So where's the book? Oh my. Okay, so I think what has happened here is the quotes are from the book. Um, okay, so this is just a quote thing. All right, I'll get the book. 
I'll get the book. Um, I'll get the book, the PDF. I'll get it out because I think I had it. Mm. It's a game-changing book. It's a it's 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 a book that you would read, and you will start your life again. The independence we talk about, you experience it for real, for real. The leader who had no title is the title of the book. Uh, the leader who had no title, uh, Robin Sharma is his name, and we are going to read it in the month of October. We're not just reading, we're reading and we're going to constantly innovate and then we're going to take daily action and then our lives will get better, all right? Life will ask you questions every day. God is God that gives life, but that's the way it is. In life, we have to pass tests every day, so... Uh, it's not the devil. It's life asking you, do you really want this? And you've said it. You don't have the job, but you have money. What do you do with the money? You choose to gamble. You made a choice. Other people would say, okay, let me get into a part-time program or something or learn another skill or try to fine-tune my painting. So while I'm not working, I'll be creating designs. I'll be putting them online. You know, I'll be doing something or teaching other people how to paint. But you made a choice. I've made it a habit to wake up early. I could I could wake up and go back to bed, you know, and strolling here at 5.30. But I choose not to. Yeah, it's a choice I have made. Uh, thank you for your quick recovery. Follow you on Facebook. I can tell you've been a blessing. Um, Ibukun Awoshika, she's the woman you listen to, Joel. Um, and, you know, I like that people say they listen... But I'm very disturbed about people not doing anything about what they hear. One of the things I've said here is track your income. What am I earning? Where am I spending? Because that's the only way you can tell what's left to save or what you leave to save. Today's World Teachers Day. I'll tell you something. We have to learn to grow, right? There's something about being self-taught. So what I do is I take your hand and I lead you, right? I lead you. It's left for you to um, continue on the journey. I mean, we've had great teachers in life, amazing teachers. So imagine, Ruben, if I didn't come back to work, would that be how you want to pay me back for all the things you claim that I've taught you? It would be that, and all since you didn't resume, um, I didn't, I couldn't do anything with anything. This is what it is. No, now, if I teach you chapter one to five, the onus is on you to continue moving with what you've learned. If you haven't done that, then something is wrong. My teaching has been faulty, and I'm not happy. And the, the same way we approach our, our our teachings in life and our journey. A teacher will only teach you so much, but that you have the resource, you have the information at your disposal. The book is in your hand. What else is left? Get to work. Dig in. You don't wait for adversity. You plan ahead because the days will come. Another thing I was thinking was this. Calm down. And when I was ill, I said, what if I didn't have money? That's how I'll be doing SOS. So my Facebook page is very beautiful like this. I'm now going to put one picture, snap myself looking very ill. Help. I know I need help. God forbid. 
see, you need to plan for your life, for the good and for the not so good times, because they will come. Do you understand? So we need to plan. You plan by putting something aside every day. 